and we're back for the second hour of Public Access America. This is Thursday, and we're going to be talking about Monday, because I know, Jeffrey, you love this stuff, and I want to get your opinion on it. It turns out that an Israeli company is leasing and selling um, phone hacking, military-grade surveillance uh, technology to autocrats, 40 countries around the world, and people like journalists all the way to it's said that Macron from France were all surveilled using this technology. Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. Ooh, cool. What do you think about it? Should we all just be surveilling everybody all the time? Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believe them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. May God bless America. Reality is, it's to be expected. I mean, at this point, like I pretty much live my life of... If somebody wants to hack my phone and see what I'm posting, I'm going to make sure they have to read some of the craziest shit on the record. Right. Okay. So, like, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, even, you know, just as recently as 2015, for example, you know, Apple's phones stored your location data. And you Mm -hmm. didn't have to be a hacker in order to download that data, put it into a mapping, a free mapping software and be able uh, and be able to understand where you were at every 15 minutes of the day. Realistically, you know, it was, it was very easy uh, to do that. Well, find your friends. Even, you know, even, even things like Snapchat show your location for God's sake. Hell yeah, it's awesome to know who's in my location, by the way. Snapchat up to a 52-week high at $73. Thank you. Everybody gets Snapchat. I love you. But all of these things now are asking for permission to track me. 
And I think that's kind of a step forward. You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't give you permission to track me, Domino's. You know? <laughs> I mean, you've already got, but the, the, here's the funny thing is like, when you when you order Domino's, what do you have to put in in order to get delivery? Oh yeah, I know my zip code and address and everything. Yeah, or anywhere else you happen to be. If you're in a hotel room, get you know, and you want a pizza, mm. you know, that's the the funny thing about tracking is is that everybody gets you know all upset about tracking while still putting in all of this information in right. order to do everything. Like realistically, like you're your biggest issue should be whether or not you have governments reading your, your text messages, your emails, listening in on your phone calls in terms of location data. I mean, you're constantly using location data. You're you, I guarantee you, if you've had anything shipped, Uh it's not a fucking secret. Google to Amazon to your door. Yeah. And what about the weather app? What's the weather like? They need to know, you know, exactly. They need to know where you are, but yeah. But exactly. I mean, doing it illegally to world leaders and journalists and activists seems kind of sketchy if you're uh, Victor Orban from whatever, wherever autocrat he's from. these Hungry. Hungry, that's right. Thank you. Yep. And, and the reality is, is that, you know, to me, it's, it's also kind of funny because governments have been doing this to citizens for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, these these leaders of these countries are pissed that it's happening to them. It's like, Okay, get it? Do you get it? No? Like, we didn't have a spy sitting in on Vladimir Putin's meetings until Donald Trump threatened to to out them, you know what I mean? Right. So, the idea that, you know, it's... The idea that somehow it's okay to do this to your average everyday citizen, but not to your world leader is is really fucking funny to me. You know, one of those rules for thee and not for me things. It's like, you know you're elected, you're a public official, we have the right to know what you're doing. That's true. That's true. If they are an elected official, they're getting paid a salary, which means they're on the clock, right? Which means I deserve to know what they're talking about. I deserve to know what they're up to. I mean, that's, you know, you can, Hmm. you can, you can definitely try and put some curbs on it, like in terms of, you know, intelligence and things like that. Like mm-hmm. trying to trying to stop or thwart, you know, safety issues. But the reality is, is that a lot of the time, what you're seeing is people tracking and spying on allies. That, like, like uh, for example, when somebody was, it was a re- somewhat recent article about spying on Germany, and I was like, really, the Germans spying on the Germans? What, what the fuck are they? What the fuck are you spying on? Like, is their next Volkswagen? Is that really? Or the next Audi or BMW? There's a weird movement in Germany building. You know what I mean? And it's just there's a weird movement everywhere, and everybody wants to know everything everybody's doing. It's just a weird time. And mm. but if you're doing your job and you're not sleeping with underage children or doing some other weird thing, then there's no dirt on you, right? And right. You should, be, you should be building technology to fight this because you know it exists. You know. <laughs> well, and as a public as, as and as a public official, I mean, ev- pretty much everything that you should be doing should be able to be requested or logged or yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, there you as a public official, you should be able to have an average, ordinary, everyday citizen come in and see what you're doing. That's right. 
I think, honestly, it would go a long ways for people feeling like they could trust their governments. But at the same time, too, it's like, you know, I do expect that there's going to be security protocols. Like, I honestly don't expect anybody's going to be able to carry a gun in to see the president. That's going to be stupid. But They're not going to be able to get access to information about plans that are going to happen. You know what I mean? Or, or, you know, nuclear information or or military testing. There's certain things that you're just not going to be able to get. But if Joe Biden is eating lunch with uh, one of the Koch brothers, I want to know about that if joe manchin is having a meeting with republican donors in texas i want to know about that absolutely and And i think journalists do that and Mm -hmm. we shouldn't we shouldn't we shouldn't dismiss the fact that journalists are getting attacked because of the information that these countries are getting you know right and i think and and this is this is where part of where journalism has failed is in that 24-hour news cycle because mm-hmm. people are tired of you know people are tired of suddenly having to go back and and figure out what's the truth because they heard some pundit talking for 24 hours about you know one kernel of information and they threw in 99,000 opinions right and it's all if this happened you got to listen for that because they're all this is the story and then for 45 minutes is this is what might happen and that's what works us up and i hate that mm-hmm. i just hate that Jeffrey. oh it's so absolutely how about, awful how about um this one this one's an awesome one and it is china mm-hmm. attacking the microsoft exchange and i know we've been talking about china doing the hacking and mm-hmm. it's always nice to know that like russia isn't the only one apparently israel is outsourcing the hacking and we even have china here now hacking um microsoft what do you think about that annoying as fuck is what it is because yeah. <laughs> as uh, you know it's because as, as someone who has to use microsoft servers uh it can be a real pain in the ass and yeah the reality is, is, is that China is, is definitely pushing their luck and pushing their limits in terms of what they're going to be allowed to do. Um, yeah. The fact of the matter is, is that, you know, Trump had every chance to crack down on this shit when he was in office and chose not to. Right. Biden, I'm watching. I if. If he doesn't, then this is clearly, you know, uh, an issue of, well, I guess we're just going to pay to play the game. And it's really annoying because this game is affecting every everyday average people and businesses, and it's becoming a real pain in the ass. Well, he did, he did issue a, um, a warning that Hong Kong is a hostile environment now. And for all companies that are there to know that this is the path it's going on. So... I like what he did in Hong Kong. I wish, I wish we, there was a way to push back on China. You know what I mean? Because Hong Kong is so important in that democracy um, area for showcase for showcasing democracy. And it was the fact, that, the fact yeah, it just got it's it not anymore so snuffed out. And Taiwan is that. Taiwan is literally the last uh, the last line there, and yeah. and it's fallen, uh, by the way. It, that's that's the tough part is is that to, you know we've we've sold a lot of tech to to Taiwan for self defense, uh-huh. 
and you have a, you have countries like South Korea and Japan willing to go to Taiwan's defense because right. because it literally is going to be an issue for uh, Japan if Taiwan uh, if China ends uh-huh. up going after Taiwan because it's only going to be a matter of time before before they start fucking with Japan and Japan realizes yeah. this yeah so it's it's a very complicated relationship there and the question of whether or not we're going to stay involved is going to be interesting um we're looking to um offer immigration to i don't can't remember how many it is hundreds of thousands of activists and democracy supporters in hong kong and i Mm -hmm. what do you think of that i think it's fantastic yeah me too you know the to me you know i'm i'm the kind of person where I still think that there is the potential for the American idea to be alive and well, although it's, it's quite sick right now. <laughs> um, and, you know, people who truly believe in democracy do have a place in, in the United States. That's the, that should be the case. Um, mm-hmm. And people who don't have that same view, well, clearly don't know the history of this country. Yeah. It's just weird to me, and I'm just going to say it, that it all falls. It's like democracy is a Lamborghini, a beautiful Lamborghini. But if if Mitch McConnell's behind the wheel, driving at two miles an hour and hitting cows on the side of the road, it's an ugly thing, and Mm -hmm. nobody wants to be a part of it. But when democracy is used correctly, not capitalism, democracy, it is a shining beacon. It is awesome to have everybody included. But for, for Mitch McConnell to warp the version of what, what government is is disgusting you know what i mean Mm -hmm. the fact that he has 35 people outranking 54 people is just weird to me and that nobody sees that he's the red tape that we claim to hate you know i Mm -hmm. mean republicans are always like cut the regulations let's get shit done let's get shit done and mitch mcconnell's like yeah we're not going to do that we're not going to do that for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it bugs me that people don't see that he is such a major, not that somebody else wouldn't just step up into the role. You know right, I mean? right. I mean, I, I fully have every confidence in the Republican Party to find some other obstructionist to take Mitch McConnell's place. Right. We keep, somebody was saying it, and I think it's so funny. I think it was Mehdi Hassan, which I think I don't really care for, but he has a lot of good points. And he said, we're we're constantly looking for Republicans to take the off-ramp that we're offering them, but they're already off the rails. They've been off the rails for years, and we just don't want to admit that it's that bad. You know? Well, they're going. Oh, yeah. They are a post-policy party. Oh, absolutely. And grievance. That's all they are. And, 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 you know, they're not even for, you know, actual government and financial conservative uh, uh, policies anymore. I think the best, I think the best meme I saw about Republicans was they, was uh, the libertarian policy, uh, uh, libertarian group calling them yeehaw socialists. (laughs) Because it's like, look, they don't, you know, the, it was clear that they didn't give a shit about how much money was being spent. They right. were more than happy to spend the same amount of money just on other things. Right. And you they're know, more than happy to take credit for what this Joe Biden stimulus package did, as well as taking credit for not supporting it. Yep. Absolutely. 
So, I mean, to me, voters don't see it. It's just so weird to me. <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, they're the only conservative that they actually claim to be is religious. And that's really about as far as it goes. And even then they don't even hold to those fucking policies at all. Right. It's like gays are bad. And then one of them gets caught sucking dick in an airport bathroom. Gays are bad. Kid turns out to be gay. Trans is bad. They've got somebody in their caucus that is trans. It's like they're, so. they're, they're, they literally are, they don't, I don't even know what the fuck they're on anymore because it's, it's not what they were. And for as much as they claim to have loved Reagan, Reagan is probably fucking spinning circles in his grave and could be a generator for clean energy at this point. Yeah. Well, somebody said, and it was really smart. Democrats are moving the social norms. And so Republicans are seeing that as a social attack. And so their social grievancing about the norms being moved. Democrats didn't move those norms. They're recognizing that the norms have moved. And that's the big disconnect with Republicans. They, they think the norms are what are in their ecosystem because they never look beyond their ecosystem. They just look for validation. So they're watching Sinclair and Fox news and OAN going, Oh, the world is just how I see it. While Democrats surprisingly enough will watch Fox and will watch OAN and learn what they're talking about to argue those points because transgenders are normal. Mm -hmm. It's a normal thing for people to be happy in this world and whatever it takes to get there. Why Republicans feel they have a, a grievance towards everything is just weird. They're trying to pull social norms back to 1964 and that's not where we are. Well, and let's not forget that even, even just as little as 20 years ago, the democratic party wasn't exactly friendly with the LGBTQ community. Agreed. Agreed. Gay so, marriage wasn't a thing until Obama, right? Yeah. So, so even 10 years ago, it took, it took, it took that long. And so even within the party, even within the Democratic Party, support for LGBTQ is is relatively new. So, right. and, and and it's not that these things weren't around before that. They were well. They were around for a long, 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 long time before that. I mean, you can go yeah. clear back to Stonewall. It's yep. just taken. It took them forty years from that event to finally be like, mm, okay, you know, maybe we should support this base. Mm-hmm. And yes, then it's only been 10 so. years of them quote unquote supporting the base. Right. And they still shit on the disabled and they still take the BLM movement for take them advantage of them. And they still assume that they're going to get the um, immigration vote and they don't treat any of those groups with any care, you know, mm -hmm. although I will say they're trying to pander to the BLM movement. And I really do think that the LGBT community has had a lasting effect on the democratic party. And I think, mm -hmm. I think the black caucus will too, once the black caucus recognizes the next group that needs to be recognized. And I think that's how it's going to work. Once, once the black caucus sees the disabled movement as an ally, then they will get their rights and, and we will all work on getting disabled people their rights. And I think that's how it works, but we need to get there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, Sorry. I, I had a tweet to um, Al Sharpton the other day, and it was, "Can somebody please wake Al Sharpton on the tone on the word intersectionality before he destroys 
every effort to you know suppress the suppression <laughs> yeah. because he's making it he's making it a single um demographic issue he's saying it's a black issue well there's only 49 million 45 million black people in the country and out of them only what maybe 35 40 million can vote depending on how many children there is so if you're making it a black person issue white people don't care right like if you make abortion a woman issue and I don't, and then I, I don't care. Right. Because it's not my issue. You're, you're, you're excluding me. You need to include me. And that's where the intersectionality comes in, especially with voting rights. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and, and this is where it gets tough because like you have to like not insert yourself, but you have to be involved and in some mm -hmm. way, shape or form or, or at least be allowed to participate. And yeah. that's been one of the biggest problems of, you know, uh, identity politics is, is that, I would say that it's it's not that we don't need people of various identities. It's just that people of various identities don't want anybody else's support in some cases. And it's like that's not right. how you that's not how you build movements. You know, it's you know if if you if you look back to how Dr. King built the civil rights movement, it wasn't like hey we want civil rights, but only black people can be involved. Right. He was telling white people, look at this, look how it affects you. Exactly. And so when you add people in to the movement, that's how you create successful movements. That's a coalition. And without, and without getting that outside support or, or talk, you know, wanting to bring in that outside support. And this is where people need to understand. It's that, you know, when it comes to the one issue, like you have to stay focused on the one issue. Like, yep. Like, don't get me wrong, like, when it comes to, you know, Black Lives Matter, clearly, like, you know, have to say it, when we're focused on why Black Lives Matter, it's not the time to bring in, you know, disabled lives. That's right. No, that's right. That's right. And, you know, but there is the understanding that there are disabled Black people that are going to have a few more bones to pick. And, right. and, yeah. and so it's like, you know, you have to have the movement. The movement has to be inclusive of as many people as possible to stay focused on one idea. Yes. It's, it's this, you know, it's this Occam's razor. It's, it's that, you know, you can have a singular movement that's focused on one thing. It's when you start trying to bring in all these other focuses that they fall apart. It's like, mm. you know, Occupy Wall Street back in 2011. Wall Street was a problem. It's taken 10 years for Democrats to finally be like, you know what? These major tech companies are a problem. Yep. This, this Wall Street stuff is a problem. Not that they haven't had any issues taking advantage of Wall Street in the face of all the chaos that's happened. Looking at was it Nancy mm -hmm. Pelosi's husband that suddenly sold off a bunch of stock right before they locked the country down. They, they all did that. Margie I mean, they all Taylor did it. Yeah, yeah they, so, all, they all invested. Um, Richard Burke actually got... Uh, caught doing it so yep. yeah so i mean like so so like if they could have stayed focused on the wall street issue mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter was is that they tried to bring in several different things and then they all disagreed on you know what needed to be the primary focus and then the occupy wall street movement just fell the fuck apart and that's and that's honestly what would have happened with the civil rights era had we been like had we gone like civil rights, okay, well now we're going to add in X, Y, and Z issues of the time. Oh, like, sure. I'm just trying to say, 
why should the disabled people care about black rights? You know, and you need to elevator pitch that. You need to elevator pitch your thing to white men because it's mostly white men that are making the decisions. So you need to work on your pitch and you need to tailor your message to the group you're talking to. I'm not saying Al Sharpton needs to talk about, you know, how um, oppression of black people affects white people in his, you know, church congregation. But when he's talking to a majority white crowd saying, you know, this only affects black people. You're really diminishing it and you're, you're excluding everybody else. And you need to let them know that having 49 million angry, oppressed people living as your neighbors is bad for you. And you don't want that. You want everybody to have the same rights. You don't mm -hmm. want this affecting you negatively as, as a society. And you need to tell white people that you need to tell people, guess what? George Floyd died because he was black. Right. But he, he, he got assaulted because he was disabled and you need to tie that in as an intersectionality there. You don't make it the whole point, but you say, Hey, guess what? Maybe possibly think this way too, you know? You know, and that's, you know, you know, George Floyd dying was very much a black issue, but George Floyd dying was also very much a, a police issue because yes. George Floyd is not the first person to die by police hands. Disproportionately black people die by police hands. Yes. Black people end up incarcerated disproportionately. Yes, data proves it. But, right. you know, and that's where it's like, you know, the issue has the issue while also focusing on the fact that black people are disproportionately affected. You bring in that message of, hey, you know, yeah, today it was George Floyd being kneeled on and right. unable to breathe. Who's to say tomorrow it isn't you, white person? I mean, that's what Ruth Bader's. Do you have claustrophobia, white person? Do you have anxiety? Could you be in the wrong place at the wrong time? Boom, it could happen to you. I mean, that's that's the tactic that Ruth Bader Ginsburg used. It wasn't that, you know, yes. Ruth Bader Ginsburg went, okay, well, this is this issue affects women. And then a bunch of men went, okay, cool. That's good for you, that's whatever. Fine. Whatever. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg took the issue that affected women and say, hey, men, this is how this affects you. And they all went, oh, shit, that's a problem. Right. And that's where I'm trying to come from because the defund the police movement was actually what it was saying was fund more mental care. Right. Mm -hmm. And so not to use George Floyd as example at this time after, you know, after what it was to say, see, this is the perfect example of where mental health care coming in first might've helped. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't do anything violent. And oh. now States all over the country are dispatching mental care, health care workers mm -hmm. to these scenarios. If they had done that to George Floyd, nobody would have been there to kneel on him because he was black, you know, and it's important. George Floyd is one of those things. And that's why it was so big. It affected so many issues from community, you know, not mm -hmm. federal. It was a community thing. And it was like, it showed everybody what we could clean up in our community if we didn't rely on the federal government to do it, mm -hmm. you know? And it, it just showed all of it, all of the stuff we needed to fix in one spot, you know? Like, right. And, oh. and, and now you've got, and now it's like, you've got people that are complaining about the fact that police don't just get to randomly pull people over. It's like, change the metric it's like why why do you need to why do you need to pull somebody over like right you know at this point it's like look it's like okay so you know the the one that my, is my favorite right now is the whole uh well if somebody is going to get a speeding ticket and you don't pull them over to verify their identity then how do you know who gets the speeding ticket it's like well 
Here's a question. Who's driving the vehicle? Who's driving the vehicle? Let's, let's oh. just ask that question right now. Who's driving the vehicle? Well, oh. either the owner is going to be like, well, it wasn't me. Okay. So then who was it? Are you going to throw your kid under the bus for driving that fast? Right. Friend? What's your friend going to do? Say no. So I get it. Like I get why people want to be like, well, you need to pull somebody over to verify. But at the same time, no, you really don't. It's like the vehicle was, the vehicle was doing in excess of, you know, the speed limit. It is the owner's responsibility. Right. You could literally type out the ticket in your computer while you're driving, while you're following the person. You know what I mean? It Absolutely. It doesn't have to be a pullover type thing. Yeah. It's those moments of engagement that we need to understand. See, you get it. It's a timeline thing. This happened because this happened and then this happened because that happened. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a cause and effect thing. And if we don't stop the cause as far in the beginning as possible, then you're going to have that cascade somewhere in the chain. You know what I mean? Yep. So literally the metric is, is that you just have to change how you deal with people. It's like, it's yeah. like we were actually just talking about it in the house today. It's like, it's not that I don't need cops. I just don't need cops dealing with mental health issues because I don't need a hammer where I need a set of pliers. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's really the difference. It's like, I need the cops dealing with actual domestic violence, actual violent criminals, murders, rapes, right. kidnaps. I need the cops actually dealing with those, not somebody yes. having mental health issues. I need right. behavioral health people dealing with mental health issues. And having a, having a team of police officers come to a mental disturbance takes them away from that sex trafficking, you know, and so we, we want them investigating the things we want them investigating, you know, <laughs> like, right. I don't know. Or, like or they, you know, have they, community peace officers and literally their job is just to walk around the community. They're not carrying a sidearm. They're, right. they're just trying to figure out what's going on within the community to get some data points to say, Hey, you know, this is where we need to dedicate resources is in this area. Yeah. And make it a team of moms, right? They're saying that women have been displaced out of the, out of the job market. Just make these community police officers moms. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, like you know, there, there's so much. Po uh, you know, all of those feel-good stories that we see about cops. Oh well, this person's car was broke mm -hmm. down and they didn't know how to. Great. You know what? A community peace officer that's out there helping people with some of their simple stuff. You mm -hmm. know, it's like why? Why do we want to spend time getting people run through the system that costs? taxpayer money to afford them a lawyer to have the judge sitting there dealing with nonviolent cases. Like right. there's, there's no point to that. And there's, there's no you know, point. Th this is something I really agree with the Republicans on because Joe Biden wants to further fund the police, give them more resources for more education and training, but you're basically just training a shit bag anyway. Right. In some, some instances, but like the Republicans, they believe in not funding the police, like taking funding away from communities with a discretionary fund to use it for, you know, the police and criminal activities. They don't want to, they don't want to fund the Capitol police. And in a way that causes, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, tried, I really tried. I really tried. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, like I can understand why, but like the Republicans, they don't want to fund the police because they're butthurt that the police aren't just backing them, you know, blindly after they got fucking attacked blindly. <laughs> 
Right. You know, they arrived at the wrong, they arrived at the right conclusion the wrong way. It's like, uh, okay, you made it to there. I don't know how the fuck you got there from where your thought process was, but okay. You know, and and the reality is, is that like, like we've talked about before, defund the police is like a really fucking bad misnomer of a title. It's like, it's like, yes, yes. You know, you don't want to fund military shit going to cops, but really what you want to fund is more community efforts that help cops, you know, reduce their workload to where they're actually working on the things that you actually need them working on. Mm -hmm. Refund the police. And let's not forget that Donald Trump took a lot of money away from military housing and education for the border wall. I don't, I don't, I don't want that to go without being said that, yeah, Republicans for the past five years have been about defunding the military, about defunding the police. That's what they've been, (laughs) which is why we are where we are. Yeah. So it's, it it just like the, the metric has to change. You know, Mm -hmm. we all recognize that the metric has to change. And so why, why this is such a sticking point right now for some is just absolutely interesting to me. Could we just like honestly evaluate the parties and then go to the side that we actually want instead of the rhetoric? Like instead of Republicans saying we believe in military, say, yeah, now we believe in not funding the military. Do you support that? You know, and the Democrats can be like, hey, guess what? We believe in a one six commission. You know, do you support that? Why does it have to be like all spun, spun so that like you're so that the people that support you don't know who they're supporting. Why do you have to spin it all like that? Because you need sound bites. Out- you need sound bites to own the libs or own the Republicans or whatever. It's make it's not sound actually- bites to own your party. Make make sound bites to own your constituents. You know what I mean? Like, like make, make sound bites I- of hey, this is what we actually got done. Right. Why is why is Matt Gates in fucking California when his fucking constituents are in Florida? Why are you with Marjorie Taylor Greene in a hotel room getting it on in some weird white supremacist oh, fashion when you should be? I know, right? When you should be a in mental Florida, image. You know? The idea of Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene having sex is like, I don't yeah. know. It would I be wouldn't like, want to clean that hotel room, right? Oh God, I, the, you have to cleanse that with fire. I feel like right? I need to suck start my pistol after that fucking thought. Mm-hmm. Ugh. If she's not past um, baby raising age, that would be a bad child to have come out into this world, you know? Because oh. you know Donald Trump, Satan would be its father. <clears throat> like oh, it's Christ. Godfather or something. But anyway, that's what they're doing, and they're going around the country knocking boots and having speeches about the devastation <sighs> of our democracy. But I don't think either one of them knows what it is. They're 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 just seeing the fundraising that they're doing, and they're having fun with it. Well, they, and... Until people decide to stop fucking funding politicians and spending money mm-hmm. on them, like, yes. like that's like this is this is what's really fucking hilarious is a bunch of people yeah. complaining about all these rich, wealthy elites. Whether you're on the left or the right, doesn't matter. You keep mm-hmm. funding fucking politicians to live that fucking lifestyle. Quit it, yeah, right? Right. Fucking stop. It made me laugh because I was like, so Matt Gates was paying younger women. But then he realized he got in trouble for that. So he found an older rich woman to pay him. Like he just turned it on its head. And now he's Marjorie Taylor Greene's like little ring boy. You know what I mean? And he's getting paid to do that. Oh, I just got to keep coming back to it. It's so disgusting. It's like this. Oh, oh, so disgusting. I think think I'd rather choke. uh, (laughs) Yeah. So Jeffrey. Yeah. 
There is millions of middle-aged millennials, and I don't think people understand that millennials aren't those basement-dwelling 20-year-olds we used to know about. Do you know the average millennial is $128,000 in debt? Sounds about right. And it's just... It's, people are people have the stigma about millennials. You're 35. I'm 50, so I'm right on the edge of I don't know what I am. I'm not a boomer. I think you're, I'm an X. Yeah, you're an X. So I think I looked it up, and I think I'm an X. But I really do have a lot of sympathy for millennials. They get a bad rap, and they have they've grown up in the age of where you can't buy a diamond ring to get married. You can't buy a house and settle down. You can't have a two car family you have to have a four job income just to survive you mm -hmm. know what i mean yep is it something you can talk about you in debt oh fuck am i in debt yeah oh yeah so <clears throat> let's start with let's start with why am i in debt so you know when i was when i was graduating high school, you know, we were constantly fed from our parents and from our teachers. The only way that you're going to get a good paying job is you got to go get a four-year degree, which in their generation, that was absolutely the truth. You know, getting a four-year right. degree meant that you were going to have a good paying job. But by the time I got there, the realization was that the four-year degree wasn't necessarily going to guarantee you anything. And that oftentimes the requirements for getting certain jobs didn't match the level of education that you needed. Like my first job out of getting my, my bachelor's degree, quite literally, I, I would say that, you know, a month of adult education classes would have easily done the job. <laughs> quite literally answer phones, respond yeah. to emails, right? You know, it turns out that I had a wider variety of skill sets and that made me useful in a variety of other different ma uh, fashions, but they right. weren't requirements of the job. It just right. then turned out that, you know, all of those things that I could do then suddenly got incorporated into the job that I was originally hired for and I didn't get paid right. anymore for it. So you didn't get your promotions based on your education, but more on your skill set. Right. And really, really the skill set was, is that they needed somebody who, you know, could, do some simple things like, you know, word formatting and printing and faxing and answering telephone calls, responding to emails, running and getting the mail and picking yeah. up supplies. You don't yeah. need a four year degree for that. Not you being don't. an asshole. Not being an asshole when they're asked when you're asked to do it. <laughs> right. Like I would argue that, you know, if you really wanted to say that a two year degree was what you needed, fine. Mm -hmm. You know, just to get some time and experience using the programs under your belt. Sure. Right. Right. But they definitely weren't things that required a bachelor's degree. Not at all. Because you think about it, it's like what I went to school for was, you know, to understand policy and how policy affects businesses, how cool. decisions affect businesses. When, when I be, went to school for business management, it wasn't just so that way I had a degree saying, yeah, I know how to go check the mail and pick up supplies at Staples. Right. It doesn't make any sense. The requirements, the requirements don't meet the actual needs, you know? And so that's something that I'm struggling with having to teach my kids is, is that there's this reality that, you know, oh, a four-year degree or a master's degree should get you a really good paying job but you're going to be in debt for most of your adult life. And yeah. so all these ideas of, you know, buying a car and buying a house and 
all this other stuff just doesn't, it doesn't equate because, you know, as soon as you get out of school, you know, you're going to be spending $600 a month on student loan debt. Yep. And so and when you have, when you have a job, you're going to be looking for a job with better pay. So you, you don't want to be, um, you don't want to be hamstrung by all that stuff, by all the stuff like couches and that's what I noticed in my family. A lot of the, a lot of them, they travel light because they do move up jobs a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, and you get used to the idea that, you know, everything that you, you like, you're never going to own anything. You're never going right. to, you know, own your own house. You're constantly going to be paying for a car long enough. You know, you're going to be paying for it for six years. And by the time you're done paying for it for six years, it's time for you to go trade that car in and get a new car and you mm -hmm. can get shit for that car. So you're going to end up with another loan right? on top of the student loan debt that you currently have. And on top of your rent payments. And Oh, by the way, if you've got a job that doesn't have benefits, you're paying for health insurance and mm -hmm. you know, Oh, Oh yeah. And then you're supposed to save for retirement after all of those fucking expenses. Right. So God forbid, you know, it's like, I understand why people nowadays don't want to have kids. They can't even fucking afford the things that they actually need to just go to their job. <laughs> It costs around a million dollars to raise a kid from zero to 18, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's out of the reach of most people. And I don't understand why people are like, Hey, guess what? I just had a kid. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand. Like you made the decision. Like at one point you were like, I guess I'm going to go another million into debt. Why not? We got one. Let's go for two. I mean, at a certain point, mm -hmm. at a certain point, the government will start paying me back for having these kids. You would think, but you would think, but that ain't going to be the case. So the hmm. reality is, is, is that with all of this, with all of this, is, is that it doesn't make sense the where financial requirements are. And, you know, the younger generation is finally starting to see that. And, and mm -hmm. we're, we're starting to tell them the truth about the matter is, is that the theory is that, yes, a four-year degree should get you a really great paying job. The reality is, is that a four-year degree is going to get you nothing, nothing different than if you just had started from the ground up somewhere else, right? And just worked your way up that way. I think that's that's a viable alternative is to get in on the ground floor and stay there. You know, there there's things that limit you. You know, like, and, but you know, you got to remember that. Like, I had a job for fourteen years. I never went any higher than, than you know, manage like supervisor because they knew I got high. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that was a limit. My education, I had a high school education. They were not going to put me into management because of that. So there's things that you need to understand about it, but you can also go with the flow of a company, you know? And I like that. If you can find a good company, get in there, stick with it. Absolutely. And especially if you find a company that's willing to promote within number one and train, yeah. train you to promote from within number two. Right. Those are fantastic things because the reality is, is, is that there are companies that are willing to do that. And mm -hmm. if you can find those companies and get in on that level and make your way up, you know, you're going to do it without having to go through all the education requirements or even that some companies will actually pay for you to get educated in That's those my point. I'm saying once they know what they specifically want you to do and what they need from you to learn, then yeah, send that person to school. You know, you can get two years of free school now, thanks to the new infrastructure bill. So, that's a great way to go is let your company build you in the way you need to be built and stay with that company. But companies need to treat, I think, 
millennials, I think what you guys dealt with was I think America became a debt niche market, consumer market. I think people made money off of debt and it became a, became a commodity. And I think you guys were the generation that were Took the blame. Well, and that's where they're like, millennials are killing the, the going out and eating market. Millennials are killing the house building market. Millennials are killing, millennials aren't killing shit. Millennials can't afford to do any of those. That's what I'm things. saying. Like, like when I was in my 20s, 21 or so, I used to start getting um, cards like here, have a free credit card, 28% interest, but take it, you know, and I think that's where it started. And it's just become how can we keep people in debt school? Oh, okay. Medical? Yeah. Oh, and they're just piling on debts. Like, mm -hmm. hey, have Hulu. Go ahead, have Hulu. Cable, electricity, rent, all these things can go up or down. You don't have any control over that, but you better make enough to, to uh, deal with it, you mm -hmm. know? And that's what I think millennials are going through, just being sucked. Like, it's a giant vacuum over their head, sucking the money out before they even make it. And so, and so with that, it's like, you know, you've got all of these industries like, how are we going to get millennials to buy X, Y, and Z? And how are we going to get yeah. the younger generations? Like, well, you have to figure out how to get them out of debt because the yeah. reality, that's the reality is, is that you ain't buying anything when you're in debt. Right. It's just not happening. Right. And if, if you're going to close your store, keep it open two days a week, dollar, dollar general, because you can't find people to work there, pay them more. <laughs> right. It's, you know. And it don't require these fucking heinous degrees mm -hmm. in order to do things that don't require a degree. That's right. That's right. And people should understand there's plenty of jobs out there where you can grow and learn. Like I was a mechanic for a while. I loved that. I learned how to do brakes. I was a forklift driver for a while. I ran the UPS station. I learned all these skills that made me who I am today. I was a plumber's assistant for a while for some weird reason. You know? so right. I, I don't know. I, I loved it. And I, I grew with those places and then used my knowledge to find better jobs, doing better, bigger things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and also too, it's like you know, figuring out how you can uh, effectively educate and uh -huh. keep costs down too. Like, yeah. like do do you really have to spend twenty grand a year to go to school? Like, what is what is the actual cost? Because let me tell you something like some of us are real fucking tired of paying for athletic complexes and then have to buy tickets to go fucking see the games. Right. Exactly. Tallahassee spent $80,000 to build a new convention complex for $18,000 more. They could have gotten broadband for the entirety of Tallahassee. They said, no, they said yes to the complex, but no to the broadband. Meanwhile, if you would have actually had broadband in, in all of Tallahassee, you probably would have had a better ability for small businesses to do what they needed to do as a tax generating system. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, it's, it's just, yeah, I think, I think you guys got screwed. I'm really sorry about that, but I, yeah. I, I want to end on a good note. Wait, what do you want to, did you have any something? No, yeah, no, no. More? Okay. Nah. All right. So I was watching Bob's Burgers. You like that? Oh, I love Bob's, Bob's Burgers. Burgers, right? Remember the blob episode, the ugly plankton that was in the marina that glue at night, you know? No, I didn't see that episode. Okay. There was an ugly blob. Uh, Gene was eating oysters. He found out that, you know, plankton feeds the oysters, which feed the bigger fish and on and on and on. And I was like, plankton. And then I remember like this, um, how the universe works things where it was plankton 
that was like the first life on the planet that created so much oxygen. It created the ice age. And I was like, plankton. So I looked up plankton farms. Do you know there's actually plankton farms in development right now to monitor sea levels, to, to curate plankton? And I think this is amazing. Now, I, I learned that too much plankton in one place creates algae blooms. And mm -hmm. Florida had that red tide. And that made me really leery about bringing it up. But we do have like 15 minutes left. And I think it's a really cool idea. Plankton farms. Can we just cover the ocean with plankton? Or would we all die? You know? <laughs> well, so, like, I, I, I would say that plankton is just one piece of the puzzle that we obviously have issues with you know my honest to god first thought is is, is that we need a mass concentrated effort on getting the garbage out of the ocean because right. those areas are actually like so there's a bunch of uh, great satellite data out there that are showing those places where those garbage patches exist are actually significantly warmer and so you've mm -hmm. got ocean warming there because they're heat sinks right right um, I mean, and I would also argue too, that perhaps, you know, as we're starting to find out, you know, like we can create algae that eats plastic and breaks it down. Really? See, that's mm -hmm. why I love talking to you about this kind of stuff. It just starts the whole thought process of what we could do if we focused on it, you know? Uh, so, I mean, like, like there has to be a concentrated effort on how you solve some of these problems. Yeah. Right. I mean, right now you have a huge drought issue. And building building desalinization plants in order to keep cities fed, to keep agricultural mm -hmm. water systems fed, those are important things to do. Okay. And and the fact of the matter is, is that you know everybody keeps like trying to like find the silver bullet, you know, rather than look at Occam's razor and say, okay, it's actually a combination of a several things that we have to yeah. do in order to fix things. Right. Plankton plankton is going to help get more oxygen into the air and into the water. Yes. So plankton plays its part. Because right plankton now the plays a part. Yes. Brazilian rainforest is actually a, a deficit oxygen creator. Right now it is creating more more carbon dioxide than it is oxygen. Mm -hmm. And that's really sad to me. But the oceans put out more oxygen than all the rainforests combined if we could clean them up and get them active again. And yeah, I love the idea of plankton. It's such a it's a, it's such a micronutrient. It's like the single celled organism that just farts oxygen. You know what I mean? Like, and that's cool. you know, and that's and that's just it. Is is like you know, it, all of this is going to play a real part. You got to get plankton back in the ocean, but you have to clean up the ocean so that way plankton can actually thrive a bit better. You that's you have to have algae balances in order to you know because you're going to have to have a balanced ecosystem in order to get things to work out. You're going to have to plant more trees in places where, you know, tree population is struggling. There's great examples mm -hmm. of where there were deserts, but now there are oasises because people are planting trees and they're just continuing planting trees. And you've got animals coming back to places that they haven't been in 50 years. I love that. You need to, you need to pull the plastic out of the ocean and be able to reuse that in ways that make sense or be able to pull it out of the ocean and use it to make new fuel or new products or whatever you're going to do with it. You have right. to desalinate. So that way you're not robbing water from inland water sources um, as let's be realistic here. It's like, if you're going to keep pulling water just to feed the cities, eventually you're going to run out of water for agriculture. You're going to run out of water for fish. You're going to run right. out of water for entertainment. 
And so by pulling water from a, well, let's, oh, we're not worried about the ocean level sinking at this point. So I don't know what the fuck we're waiting on. Right, right. So like it, it's all of these concentrated efforts. It's Occam's razor. It's not that it's one thing that's going to cure it all. It's that there's about 10 things that we, we have to work on and we right. have to do it in concert. Yeah. But LG has a part in that. And I love that. LG has a part. I, Plankton has a part in it. And, you know, major, major, f- you know, fish, you know, fish and whales and all this other yeah, stuff yeah, have, yeah. have its part. So we gotta get, we gotta get back to growing and stop killing. You know what I mean? Instead of depleting the resources, I really like that idea of vegetation. What I like is that I just had this random thought cause I was high watching Bob's burgers and then I went and researched it and found out somebody had that thought before me and they're smarter and they're doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and the, uh, the articles in the description of this podcast. And if anybody wants to talk on it, I I'm ignorant on the issue, but I want to start it. I want to start this plankton conversation because it goes with our three gardens or our mm-hmm. community gardens. And I just, I love the idea of more vegetation everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me, like, do you prefer fruits or vegetables? And I was like, it's it's all just it's all just vegetation. Like, I don't mm. get it. <laughs> right. And so, you know, and with all of this, it's it's really just a question of what are people, how much are people willing to do? Like, I get it. Yeah. So yeah. many people are pissed at, at the idea of nuclear, but the reality is, is that nuclear is great for generating power and it's great for desalinating, which means that, mm-hmm. you know, lakes are going to be allowed to you know, fill up as they need to. And yeah. you're going to be able to desalinate water for agricultural and drinking purposes. There's, no reason in the day of technology when we're concerned about ocean level rise that we should be continuing to pull water from mountains, lakes, and rivers when we can desalinate perfectly good water and use it to feed major cities up and down the coast or pump it inland for agricultural purposes because there's plenty of agricultural stuff right around the, right around, you know, city areas that are still within coastline reaches oh sure yeah 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 it's there is no reason at this point technologically speaking why that why that process needs to continue and until people start to wake up and realize that this is going to be the best way to do that that's going to protect some of the things that they really want like food and wildlife Mm -hmm. they're just going to continue to be part of the problem yeah and how much how much are you willing to accept I think that's where it comes down to where, where do people have enough and then exposing them to it until they found out that that's too much, you know, like people don't care if you're in the Midwest, you really don't give a fuck how much garden garbage is in the ocean until you realize that it's killing your corn because people are dumping it there. You know what I mean? Because it's actually raining microplastics. Right. Or heating up the planet to where you're, you're not getting, yeah, Yeah, you're, 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 you've got a higher, uh, concentration of water in the atmosphere and it's not getting cold enough to condense it. Right. We need more oxygen in the atmosphere because that's what cools everything down. Carbon dioxide heats it up. Oxygen cools it down. We got to get into the air conditioning flow because I cannot take 115 degrees in July. You know what I mean? I just can't take this. Yeah. It's so hot. It sucked. <laughs> sucked. So ass. So oh. it's, yeah, you know, people have to, people have to decide what is the end goal and then do what it takes to meet the end goal. And that's, and, and stop getting lost in all these little sidetrack processes. If the end, right. if the end goal is clean energy, 
Mm-hmm. It's like, like I'm telling people right now, nuclear is a great clean energy. Yes, I get that it goes bad, but it's old reactor styles that you're you're used to thinking about. And until we can get even more solar or fusion reactors, you know, mini sun reactors that are clean energy and power on demand, like those are solutions to make in the interim until we have better solutions in place that, you know, you're looking at, you know, Germany's pretty much phased out of the last of its fossil fuel stuff. I think Scotland is pretty much running entirely on renewable energies at this point. Like it's possible to do it for larger, Mm -hmm. for larger cities and countries. Like you have to think about other, you have to have a a different balance and that balance Mm -hmm. has to include nuclear until it's fusion. And once you do fusion, great. I think we stopped as a nation like trying and just accepted excuses. Can we send a man to the moon? Eh, probably not. So let's not do it. Yeah, we did we've it done once. it before. We, we, we were lucky times. we did it once. We don't want to try that again. We had success. We don't want to fail. You know, like, right. I think we just accepted excuses as a nation. And I don't know when that started. You know, it's just, I don't know. I like that we think out of the box. I think I like that we think anything. Well, and that's, you know, and that's part of the, that's, that's part of like why we're apolitical. It's, it's that, you know, we're, we're discussing solutions, not just bitching Mm. about the problem. It's like there, there are viable solutions out there. You just have to quit playing politics to accept, you know, to, to pick the right solution. I think by accepting the politics of it, you're accepting the excuses that it can't be done because I don't Absolutely. ever see a politician. I see politicians saying it can get done when they know it can't get done. I don't, I don't, you don't, you're not going to tell me that Nancy Pelosi would have taken dark money out of politics knowing that bill would have passed. Right. Right. Like she doesn't want dark money out of politics any more than Mitch McConnell does, but she's going to try and pass it to make Mitch, Mitch, Mitch McConnell look bad. But she right. never would have passed that if it would have gone through. <laughs> oh, hell no. Thing. Hell no. She knew somebody else was going to stop voting rights. So she was like, haha, I'm going to pass it. And that's what's going on. Nobody wants to get dark money out of politics. That's the poison pill of S1, of HR1. If they took that out of the bill, I bet you it would get unanimous support. Probably. You know? You know, but you know, they just, they want to make sure that they themselves get paid and that's that. Yeah. But they're not, they shouldn't get paid by us. I want to say, I'm going to wrap up on this and I'm going to say that, you know, Donald Trump, he earned 75, he, he, he defunded white supremacists to the tune of $75 million in the past six months. He's gotten, he's gotten the rights taken away from 500 radicals to where they can't vote anymore. And they can't own a gun anymore. And he's convinced every other Republican voter to die before they take the, vi- the vaccine he made. And he did all of that without Facebook or Twitter. So think about that. Yep. <laughs> I think he's a Democrat, Jeffrey. <laughs> it, it, it's a hell of a long game if he is. Yeah. Somebody said, how else would you destroy a party except from the inside? You know what I mean? That's true. <laughs> like, That's true. He used to be a Democrat. He used to be an independent. He used to be a communist. And now, <laughs> now it's, it's whatever the fuck he is, he can't grab jello. Anything I should watch tonight? Any good shows? Oh shit. What, what should you watch? Hmm. Oh no. Uh, mm-hmm. I really haven't watched anything recently. So 
That's why I love you. The latest episode of Rick and Morty is coming out tonight. Ooh. I need to sit down and watch some Rick and Morty. Yeah. I mean, it's so I funny. really I really do enjoy the there was a, a TikTok about the Plumbus, right? Mm-hmm. And there, I remember there was this commercial about this is the Plumbus, and it was like a how the how the products are made type thing, one of those shows. And I I, I listened because I can't see it, but I actually watched it, and it was this weird thing that it was like a penis, and it was like, and then the Plumbus gets sucked out, and you're left with the and this is rubbed on it, and I was like, I never saw that, I never got the genius of it until I saw it. You know? Oh God, no, it's so funny, it's so but good. You know, you know what was weird? Hmm. I, I tried. I tried Jeffrey watching the new Space Jam on HBO Max. Oof. I hate. I hated it. But one of the weirdest things was just a, like a Rick and Morty appearance. They were just there and then they were gone. And I was like, please tell me that Rick and Morty aren't Disney. You know what I mean? Like, I will stop watching if they are Disney now. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad. It's a bad movie. I mean, oh, I don't know. I don't know basketball, right? And I don't know who LeBron James is besides his activism. He was angry for like the forty-five minutes I watched the show. He was just mad at everybody. He was just a jerk to his kids. He was just like pushy to everybody. And then he got tossed into this cartoon universe, and he was angry all over again. And I didn't want to watch like two hours of Le- LeBron bitching because I didn't know who he was, you know. Mm-hmm. But other people have said Space Jam is a great movie. I'm gonna say I give it zero out of five stars. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with I grew up with the Michael Jordan Space Jam, and that was great. Mm. It was mm. weird as fuck, but it was great. Yeah. This one was like shoving 10 pounds of slapstick into a three-pound bag. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of be. complaints about it. Sometimes, yeah. like, sometimes you got to leave a classic alone. Yeah. I was trying to think of a classic they should bring back. And you know what I thought <laughs> of? Highlander. Hmm. Why have they not remade Highlander yet? I don't know. That's that's that was a pretty good one, but I'm not sure. What I am interested and excited in um, is a remake of Dead Space that is actually happening. I don't know what Dead Space is. Tell me. Dead Space was a video game that came out in 2008. That was a survival horror game, uh, based uh, uh, in a deep space mining ship, oh. and I- it is a like I loved the original game. Like fucking put on headphones closed closed door lights off scare the shit out of you fantastic although like you know it definitely is you know dated to the time uh to the console that it was you know released on my Mm -hmm. hope is is that with with the new one that they'll really engage the the horror side of it more because dead space as a horror game was fantastic but the later iterations of it as an action game really sucked it was a horror game and it was supposed to be a horror game yeah. Okay, I'll leave it there. I what, what Silent Hill was the one I played. Mm-hmm. It's just freaky as fuck. You know what I mean? I love Silent <laughs> Hill too. Well, I love you, Jeffrey. Thanks for being here. I do. We'll catch you later. Well, uh, Debbie, I said hi. Will do. <laughs> to those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those.
Stitcher, Smart Stitcher, Radio, Smart Radio, 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 Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the 